Welcome to Current Radio's Sports Station. Please enjoy today's selection of sports news. So Helena, the golfing world is in a bit of a stir, isn't it? John Rahm's decision to sign with Saudi-funded Live Golf has caused quite a ripple effect. Indeed, Stephen. It's not just about Rahm's move, but also about the players he leaves behind in the PGA Tour. His suspension, as the PGA Tour Commissioner Jay Monahan puts it, is due to his association with unauthorized tournaments. Right, and that's a significant shift because it removes Rahm from the FedEx Cup eligibility points list. Which, in turn, benefits players like Mackenzie Hughes and Carl Yuan. Hughes, for instance, moves up from number 51 to number 50, becoming eligible for all seven of the $20 million signature events in 2024. And Yuan, who was set for Q School this week, moves up to number 125, securing a full PGA Tour card for next year. It's a domino effect, isn't it? Absolutely. This distinction between the FedEx Cup standings and a separate list related to eligibility for the postseason and for status was created precisely to prevent players defecting to LV from negatively impacting that, those who stayed behind. That's right, and we saw this play out last year with players like Ricky Fowler, Jimmy Walker, and Rory Sabatini benefiting from others' defections to Liv. Now, it's Hughes, Yuan, and even Alex Smalley, who moves to the number 60 spot and is now assured of two $20 million events, not to mention Paul Haley, who moves to number 150 and now has at least conditional status. And let's not forget Sahith Thigala. He moves up to number 30, potentially making him exempt for the U.S. Open. It's all very dynamic, and it could change even more if more PGA Tour players leave for El Aviv before the end of the year. Yes, and this has led to some discontent among players, hasn't it? There's concern that signature events will offer disproportionately more FedEx Cup points than other events, making it difficult for players outside the top 50 to compete fairly. Monaghan has assured players that the board will review how the new system is working in June and evaluate possible changes for 2025. It's a crucial period for the PGA Tour, and it'll be interesting to see how it evolves. From the greens of the golf course to the gridiron of the NFL, let's pivot our conversation to a different kind of game, a game of touchdowns and tackles, where the stakes are high and the margins for error are slim. Yes, we're talking about football and what a game it was last night. So Helena, Let's talk about that stunning upset in the NFL. The Tennessee Titans, against all odds, pulled off a 28-27 victory over the Miami Dolphins. Absolutely, Stephen. It was a nail-biter and a major blow to the Dolphins' hopes for the number one AFC seed. Now the Baltimore Ravens are sitting pretty at the top. Indeed. But let's focus on the Titans for a moment. Quarterback Will Levis really stepped up, leading a four-play 64-yard drive in the final two minutes, and Derrick Henry, with his second touchdown of the night, sealed the deal. And let's not forget, this was Levy's first fourth-quarter come-from-behind scoring drive. He also turned in his first 300-yard passing performance. Quite the night for him. Absolutely. But the pivotal play here was Coach Mike Verbell's decision to go for a two-point conversion. That call may have been the difference in the game. Right. Now on the Dolphins' side, despite having the NFL's best red zone offense, they struggled to finish. They failed to score touchdowns on three of their five red zone trips. It was a tough night for them, especially for quarterback Tua Tagovailoa. With Tyreek Hill out for most of the first half, the Dolphins' offense struggled, 
Tagovailoa ended up with 240 yards, no touchdowns, no interceptions. And it wasn't just Hill. They were hit hard by injuries, with Xavier Howard, Jalen Waddell, Connor Williams all suffering injuries in the first quarter. Right. But let's end on a positive note for the Dolphins. Their defense scored a touchdown for the third game in a row, thanks to Zach Sealer's pick six. That's a trend they'll want to continue. Definitely. And looking ahead, the Dolphins will host the New York Jets next week, while the Titans will face off against the Houston Texans. Both games will be worth watching. From one thrilling football showdown to another, let's turn our attention to the women's game. The inaugural CONCACAF W Gold Cup draw is out, and it promises to be an exciting tournament. Let's take a closer look. So Helena, big news in women's football, right? The inaugural CONCACAF W Gold Cup draw is out, and it's looking pretty exciting. Absolutely, Stephen. The U.S. women's team is set to face off against Mexico and Argentina in Group A, with a fourth team yet to be decided. This is going to be a thrilling matchup, don't you think? No doubt about that. And let's not forget, we've got Brazil and Colombia in Group B. That's a replay of the 2022 Copa America Feminina final. Talk about a grudge match. Oh, definitely. And Group C isn't any less exciting with Canada taking on Paraguay. The tournament is shaping up to be quite the spectacle. And let's not forget, this is the first ever CONCACAF W Gold Cup. It's a 12-team tournament with four comma ball invitees. The USWNE qualified as winners of the CONCACAF W Championship, while Canada got in after defeating Jamaica. Right, and Mexico, Panama, and Costa Rica also earned their spots after topping their respective groups. But there are still three spots left to be decided in February's playoffs. Absolutely, and those playoff matches are going to be crucial. We've got Haiti versus Puerto Rico, El Salvador versus Guatemala, and Guyana versus Dominican Republic, all vying for a place in the group stage. The tournament is spread across three venues in California and Texas, with the knockout rounds kicking off in March at BMO Stadium in Los Angeles. And with the USWNT heading into the tournament under interim coach Twila Kilgore, it'll be interesting to see how they perform ahead of the arrival of their new coach, Emma Hayes. Indeed, Stephen. And on another note, the US and Mexico recently announced a bid for the 2027 Women's World Cup, which is exciting news in and of itself. Absolutely. And speaking of the World Cup, Jamaica, who finished third in the CONCACAF W Championship, had a number of players withdraw from the Gold Cup qualification due to issues with their governing federation. Yes, a real shame for Jamaica. But it's clear that the 2024 CONCACAF W Gold Cup is shaping up to be a tournament to remember. Can't wait to see how it all unfolds. While we have been focusing on the international stage of women's football, there's been plenty of action happening closer to home as well. Let's now turn our attention to the thrilling world of college soccer, where we've seen some impressive performances and unexpected turns this season. Let's switch gears to college soccer, where we've seen quite a thrilling conclusion to the season. Clemson has claimed its second national soccer championship in three seasons, right? That's right, Stephen. They held off Notre Dame 2-1 on Monday night. The Tigers have had quite the run, haven't they? This is their sixth title game appearance and their second win in just three campaigns. Indeed, and let's not forget their previous titles in 84, 87, and 2021. They've built a solid reputation. Now let's talk about the players. Brandon Parrish and Usmani Sella. Oh, absolutely. 
Parrish scored his eighth goal of the season for a 1-0 lead in the 27th minute. And Clemson, they've been unbeatable this season when leading at the half. They're now 11-0-1 in that scenario. Parrish was instrumental in maintaining that lead too, clearing the ball off the goal line in the 58th minute. And then there's Silla. He's been named the most outstanding offensive player for the tournament. Yes, Silla had a big part in this win, scoring his 13th goal of the season for a 2-0 lead in the 70th minute. A crucial moment in the game, no doubt. And let's not forget Clemson's goalkeeper, Joseph Endema. He nearly recorded his fifth straight shutout in the NCAA tournament, but a handball in the 89th minute led to a penalty kick for Notre Dame. That's right. Patty Burns converted that penalty kick for Notre Dame. He also had a good scoring chance earlier in the match, but his shot hit the crossbar. A bit of bad luck there. Yeah, but despite that, Clemson's defense was remarkable all season. They only allowed 18 goals in their first 18 games and just one in the last five. That's some solid defense. Absolutely, Stephen. It's worth noting that these teams faced off earlier this season with Notre Dame winning 3-2. But this time... Clemson turned the tables. Indeed, they did. And in other news, Florida State beat Stanford 5-1 to win the women's national final, sealing an undefeated season for the Seminoles. Quite a week for college soccer, wouldn't you say? 